Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kauli. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kauli, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kauli. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Today, uh, I have the pleasure of meeting Lee Yoder. Uh, Lee Yoder is with uh, Threefold Real Estate Company. Uh, their company is based out of Cincinnati, and they have done several apartment projects where they have done intense work and repositioned uh, several units and buildings. And we're kind of uh, going to get into the details and the nitty gritty of his story and kind of learn about the first few steps that someone should take uh, to get into the business and what would be uh, sort of a tangible path for someone on a limited budget and uh, limited uh, education to kind of, you know, unravel as to how we can learn and things like that. So uh, let's get in the show. Uh, Lee, I appreciate you taking time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Sakar. Sure, sure. Thank you. Show. Um, help us get started, Lee, as to, uh, you know, your market, how you kind of got started, the education and all the first pieces, uh, first steps someone should take. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, like many people, I was in a corporate job, um, you know, doing pretty well, moving up the corporate ladder, but um, just, you know, putting in a ton of time, you know, trading a lot of time um, and energy, time away from my family um, and our young kids uh, mm-hmm. to, to climb the corporate ladder. And um you know, I had a friend kind of turn me on a little bit to, to the real estate investing and, and thought, man, maybe there's a different path where I can work really hard, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, do something exciting because I was enjoying my work, uh, sure. but my wife mm-hmm. wasn't enjoying, you know, life without me. And, and, you know, I had some young kids growing up without me there for a little bit um, or just too much without me. I mean, I was there a little bit, but sure. yeah, so started looking into that and um, yeah, went down that path. I, I stepped away from that job actually and uh, took another one where I, I took a significant pay cut, but I had more, uh, can, more flexibility and free time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just uh, started uh, going down the path of, of real estate uh, with an idea of, you know, doing something um, exciting, something I was uh, passionate about building uh, something like I was doing on the corporate side, but kind of doing it at my, um, at my own pace and kind of controlling it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I actually jumped in with a flip like many people do, uh, bought, a, bought a single family home to flip and uh, kind of jumped in there. That's, that's how I got my start. Sure, sure. Now, how did that multifamily uh, came in the picture? Like, what did you do or who kind of turned you on towards let's get in the uh, sort of the apartments game? How, how did that come yeah. about? Well, a lot of education for sure, Sakar. You know, listening to podcasts like yours, um, you know, re- reading books. Um, it, it just seemed like, man, I'll, the, the guys and girls that I, that I heard on the podcast and that were doing the podcast, like a lot of them started out like me doing a flip and seems like so many of them were like, sure. man, and then I, you know, moved toward multifamily and here's the reasons. And I, I really bought into that, the numbers, um, you know, I was doing this for a long-term mm-hmm. play, you know, mm-hmm. um, so building wealth, not, not just making some money. And that first flip definitely taught me, you know, what so many will say on the podcast and, and teach you in books that, you know, it's just, it's another job. So I made some good money in that first flip, but it really was, it just, it was trading my time for money. So yeah, the whole time while doing that flip, it took me nine months. I'm educating mm-hmm. myself, moving that direction. Uh, shortly after that, I joined the Cincinnati RIA, mm-hmm. so j- joined the Real uh, Real Estate Investing um, Association, 
and they had a, a focus group called the Apartment Syndication Focus Group. So mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to get into that, got involved in that. Um, great guy, Mark Hutton was running that and um, kind of became a, a, a mentor for me. So just mm-hmm. really with going to that class um, or that, that meetup group, um, you know, learning more about underwriting. I mean, I understood basic underwriting, but, mm-hmm. you know, him giving us a tool to use um, and then actually just starting to do it. So looking at um, deals online, you know, on LoopNet, like anybody mm-hmm. can do and just started underwriting deals and getting more comfortable with that. And, you know, you underwrite a bunch of them and the ones that look good, you call and they're already gone. They're already under contract. It kind of gives you a little bit of confidence, kind of built my confidence a little bit. Sure. Right? It's a car where I'm like, okay, well, I thought that was a good deal. And I guess it is because it's already gone. So sure. okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting the hang of this. And um, yeah, just kept moving down that path and eventually, you know, find one that had been sitting for a long time and, and thought, well, hey, at this, at the price they have it at, it's not a good deal. But what if I offered this? And, uh, you know, through, through my mentor, Mark, he said, yeah, it's, it's kind of what you do. Just if whatever number makes sense for you, put that offer in. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Now, that's how I did it. And I, that's how I got my first deal. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, give us an example, like uh, how you find, uh, found your first deal, how many units and purchase price and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think my first deal is, is a great example for people looking to get started because I didn't do anything special. Um, looking on LoopNet, you know, people say LoopNet is where uh, deals go to die, right? <laughs> so that's, that's where all the bad deals are. But, you know, for me as a, as a brand new multifamily investor, I had no more, I bought a duplex once that I flipped, but you know, I had no, um, you know, credibility or anything like that. So mm-hmm. looking on LoopNet, I saw a, a 16 unit deal that was um, actually kind of between Cincinnati and Dayton. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a very rural area, it's only about 10 minutes outside of Dayton, um, 10 minutes from, from another little city outside of Dayton too. But um, yeah, kind of in a rural area, it used to be a school mm-hmm. um, and it had a lot of deferred maintenance, like, like needed a whole new roof, you know, mm-hmm. flat roof on a, on a 16,000 square foot school building. So, wow. That's um, a large yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a big building. So, uh, you know, it had sat for over a year, I think maybe like about a year and a half, Sakar, and it had been mm-hmm. under contract a couple of times. So yeah, just looking at that, they had it listed for 440,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the income that they had, and they had a resident managing the property. So their books were terrible. You know, they had three vacant units that, that uh, needed full rehabs. I mean, we're not, we're not nowhere close to being rent ready. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of project that it was. And, and that's why I think a lot of other investors just really didn't think it was worth it. And um, like I said, it was under contract twice. Um, I think they were trying to get the sellers to really come down on price. And I, I guess they didn't want to do it or something else happened. So I just came in and, um, you know, with my mentor and like I said, underwriting, and I said, you know, at 350, mm-hmm. I would feel comfortable with the amount of work it needs. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. At 350, I would feel comfortable. So we put that offer in. Um, they came right back, kind of met us in the middle, said, you know, 395. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, we'll do 395 if you'll do seller financing. But if we have to go get bank financing, we got to stay at 350. Mm-hmm. And they came back and said, let's do 350. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah, they were now, just ready to be done. Sure. Now, how did you kind of uh, tackle the all the work that was needed? Was that like uh, money you did with, uh, let's say, your joint venture partners or yeah. you had family friends in the deal? How, how did you handle the financing side of the house? Sure. So um, it was actually just three of us. So it was me, my mentor that I mentioned that was running the apartment syndication group. I, I brought him in just because he helped me so much. And I really felt like I owed him part of the deal. Sure. So mm-hmm. I gave him some of the deal and I, and I wanted him to, you know, kind of continue on with me sure. um, with this deal and, and have, you know, mutual incentive to do so. Mm-hmm. Part of the deal. And then it was actually just my in-laws. They brought all the money. So a deal like that, we needed a hundred thousand dollars to, to close mm-hmm. that deal. So we needed 70 for the down payment on 350,000, mm-hmm. uh, 20% down. And then we, we knew we needed um, 30 um, to, to do the rehab that we were anticipating. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how we, just the three of us, 
um, just an LLC, a, a joint venture. Um, you know, had a lawyer write that up, um, write up a, um, a, you know, a contract for us. Um, and, and that's how we put that deal together. Interesting. Now, all the work that's involved, like let's say a $16,000 roof and things like that, that's a pretty large roof. Um, How did you kind of achieve all of that? Was that the contractors you knew and had relationship before? And typically the roof problems will lead to, you know, a lot of like, let's say the interior damage, whether it's ceiling walls, drywalls, things like that, right? How how did you kind of tackle all of that? Well, I had... it starts with a good inspection, right? So I had an inspector that I really trusted. My mentor referred me to him. He came out, um, definitely said, hey, this does need a new roof, but didn't see a lot of other damage because they had replaced, kind of repaired the roof like several different times um, <laughs> and just had not done a very good job of it. So it was leaking a little bit actually in the cafeteria of this building. It was an old school building. I can't remember if I already mentioned that. <laughs> um, but in the cafeteria part, it was leaking a little bit. So we knew there was some damage in there, but just on the... Um, the lowered ceiling there. So some ceiling tiles that need to replace. Other than that, uh, there, there wasn't other damage. The, the inspector, you know, was up in the crawl space and saw all that for us. So that was actually part of the, the, um, the inspection period and, and the um, negotiations there. We had the same company that repaired part of the roof come out, the same mm-hmm. company that the sellers used. So we had them come out and say, what would it cost to actually fix the rest of this roof? Because they really had only done a quarter of it. That company they mm-hmm. did a quarter of it and did it really well. We said, what would it cost to, to repair the rest? They said $135,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well. So we went back to the sellers with that and said, man, you got to help us out with this. There was another um, good bit of uh, deferred maintenance. So it was about 150000 So they said they would do 100 It would bring back 100 Like I said, mm-hmm. they were really ready to be done with this deal. We kind of said, look, anybody that's going to come out, they know they're going to need a new roof. And it's going to cost $135,000 mm-hmm. per the company that you use for a quarter sure. of it. So sure. that's why that's why we were able to negotiate that. So actually, during that inspection period, we had another company come out um, and, and talk to us more about not a rubber roof, but that um, more like um, Epping Polymerica. It's it's a new. It's like a silicone roof. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they were able to get it done for ninety. So that hundred actually paid for that and then some, uh, mm-hmm. which was just a great deal for us. Uh, so we ended up using them. So we knew that before we ever closed on it, who we were going with, um, mm-hmm. that it was ready and that it was going to be paid for. The other thing I have to mention, Sakar. I'm a big proponent of getting property management, professional management in on these. So I I knew, again, before we closed, which property management company I was going to. They came highly referred uh, from other people. Again, I'm doing a lot of networking, so I'm Mm -hmm. talking to other people. So I knew which company I was going to use. They were really good. Um, So that made me feel really comfortable with them helping me handle turning these units. I don't have experience with it this they've done hundreds of unit turns right sure that's where you can kind of gain some confidence is when you're partnering with a company that's done it a hundred times before absolutely 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 and what were the rents like you know like how many units were rented which units were down and things like that what what was that scenario so three of the 16 were were vacant and and um, not ready so we knew we had to go right in and and Mm -hmm. turn those over so that was our focus um this building, because it's an old school building, you cannot separate the utilities. So the, the seller was paying electric, water, gas, and cable. Wow. Um, and you mm-hmm. had a lot of elderly residents. And um, I've kind of found that model can be kind of effective. I, I know you have to pay a lot, but a lot of elderly residents, which I really enjoy renting to, mm-hmm. they do like to just have one bill. But you know, sure. you can get those people, they'll stay there for 20 years, right? Sure. A nice place. So we decided to go ahead and stick with that, paying all the mm-hmm. utilities. So um, the current rents, there were one bedrooms and there were uh, four studios. Uh, the one bedrooms, uh, they were paying um, $540 mm-hmm. a month. 
in the uh, studios, they were paying 415. So all we did for the current residents was add a $25 utility bill back. I that's, see. That's hmm. all we did. Hmm. On the three, on the three, um, there were two one bed units and one studio. Those were rehab. So those, you know, we made those brand new. We really put um, you know, some good material in there. And instead of 540, we were able to get between 610 and 635. So right. We were able to get 70, you know, to, to $95 rent premiums on the ones that we rehabbed in the studio. We went from 415 to 495, so an $80 rent premium. That's since, nice. <laughs> yeah, and since then we've had we had three more people move out, and so we got the same thing on those three. Uh, so yeah, big rent premiums on the ones that we've rehabbed. Sure. On the current tenants, we just added $25. Sure, sure. Now, how did your like sort of your second deal come about? Well, the funny thing, I don't know if, if you heard people talk about the, the law of the first deal, like once you get your first deal, things kind of start sure. so, But it really happened for me. Um, I put my second deal under contract the day we were closing on the first one. Um, <laughs> so because I've been talking to a lot of people about it, um, just a really good friend of mine from church that um, you know I was really close with him, and I've been sharing his, my story with him for, for years, um, he was interested in investing with me, and a friend of his who was a realtor, uh, mm-hmm. just a residential realtor, had listed an eight unit and he sent it to me and said, Hey, what do you think about this one? I, I, I just kind of ran the numbers really quickly. And I said, I mean, it, it looked like an absolute steal. So I just, you know, get it under contract. By this point, I realized the car, like, you know, like you don't want to retrade and you don't want to get out of deals. But I did know like you can put a property under contract. If it ends up being terrible, you can get out of it. So sure. I said, put it under contract. It looks like it's a steal, put it under contract right now. So um, that's how I got the, the, the second one. Um, the day we were closing on the first one, I said, he showed that to me. I said, put it under contract. And it really did end up being a fantastic deal. So we went through with it and closed on that one. Awesome. Awesome. What is your method for kind of knowing that, hey, some deal makes sense? Uh, you know, what is a deal and what is not a deal? Can you maybe kind of just give us a high level overview of how you kind of think about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, one just kind of quick way to do it um, that I would just do in my head, like if he sent me that eight unit, you know, um, hopefully you, you, you know up front what the rents are going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Even if not, you, you would say, you know, you would, you would jump on it and do some research on apartments.com and some other ones. And, and what, you know, that eight unit, they were all two bed units. So, mm-hmm. okay, what's a two bed unit renting for in that area? They sure. did give us that information. So they showed us what the rents were in those eight bed, I mean, in those eight two bed units. So we know what the rents are. Um, mm-hmm. We also knew that the tenants were, uh, the residents were paying their own utilities. Mm-hmm. So I felt very comfortable saying that, um, and this is something my, my mentor and other people teach too. So anyway, add up the rents. Okay, this is what we're getting rent. So here's our rental income for a month mm-hmm. times 12. Here's our annual rental sure. income. Mm-hmm. We take 5% vacancy. Assume you're going to have 5% vacancy. Mm-hmm. So now here's our income after 5% vacancy. And then we chop that in half and say sure. expenses are going to take 50%, 50% off. Right? Sure. So mm-hmm. 50% off. And then we just take that and that, you know, you got to decide on the cap rate. What are you comfortable with? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on that one, I, I, you know, I think we bought it at like a nine cap. So I felt very comfortable with that. Um, you know, we had some pictures, so we knew the units were, were in good shape. Decent the guy shape. really, mm-hmm. yeah, they mm-hmm. really took care of the property. So, I mean, right there, I, you know, that's why I said, we got to jump all over this nine cap doesn't need a lot of work. It's a stable area, good property. Um, it was, it, it did have two vacancies, um, but they did, uh, fill one of those before we took it over. So yeah, that's a quick way that I do it. Sakar. Sure, sure, sure. So basically a net income, um, you know, and take 50% for expenses and kind of, you know, uh, compute whatever is the cap rate and come up with the value. And as long as yeah. 
your offer price would be somewhere in that strike distance, you know that you are kind of in the game. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. Exactly. That's a quick tip for our listeners. Now, sure. what's the way forward now, Lee? Like, are you maybe looking at bigger deals or are you exiting your current ones that you have? What's the today's yeah. scenario like? Well, the, the goal of Sakar has always been to, to do bigger deals. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like, like you and your team do, um, that, that, that's where we're headed. Um, I, I've now added a partner because, um, it's, it's a team game, right? Like, you sure. know, taking on some of these smaller ones, I, I've been able to do that, but it, it is a lot of work, um, managing both sides of the business, which I, um, would say you are always looking for and marketing for deals and you're always looking for and marketing for money for the sure. capital to take down the deal. So I feel like that's, that's kind of two different sides. So I have, uh, partnered with, with, uh, actually a guy that worked on the corporate side with me. <laughs> uh, we, we built a division on that side and, and he left as well. So now we're back together, uh, kind of doing our own thing, which is, which is really fun. So, um, yeah, we, we want to go after the bigger properties. Um, you know, one thing that's been really fun, Sakar, has been uh, seeing my investors. Like I said, on the first one was my in-laws. They had never invested in anything. Sure. I mean, all their money was in a savings account and getting to see them have their money work for them. You know, mm-hmm. people talk about that. I mean, I, I've really seen that, not just for myself, but for my investors. So we're really excited about being able to do that with more people. Uh, And so we're going to go after bigger deals that will require more capital. So more investors bring on more people Mm -hmm. um, and go after those bigger deals. You know, with the smaller ones, they've they've been great. um, But I do understand the economies of scale um, and and having a little bit higher quality property management. And, you know, you you can get big enough and have somebody on site and even offer a a better level of um, service to the residents, but also better level of service to, to us as the investors. Uh, taking care of the property um, and doing things right. So I, I would like to go there. Um, I will say it's hot right now, right? I mean, <laughs> when, when I'm looking at deals, I mean, I mentioned, you know, by the eight, you know, the nine cap, I haven't seen anything sniffing a nine cap. That's, uh, you know, the bigger properties, there's a lot of money chasing them. So we're being patient and, you know, we haven't found any of those yet. We've put in um, some offers on like between 40 and hundred units. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of a sweet spot where uh, the really big players, um, the, the, the big boys aren't going after those. Um, so a little bit less money chasing those. So I think that's our next step is mm-hmm. to go kind of that in between 40 to hundred units, get, get more experience and then go to hundred to answer your other question. Um, we have brought these properties, the 16 and the eight actually kind of full circle and they're mm-hmm. fully rented. We've replaced seven um, residents in the 16 unit uh, mm-hmm. people wanting to move out. We had, sure. did have to evict uh, one guy that we found out had, had a record. Um, and then the eight unit, we've actually replaced six um, of, of the residents, people just moving on. So, Got some big rent premiums there. Um, So we've just added enough value. And like I said, because we do want to go bigger, uh, we see this as an opportunity to sell these smaller properties in a great seller's market, right? I mean, awesome. Mm -hmm. So I see, yeah, we are going to exit on a couple of those and um, try to take that that capital and add more capital from other investors and go bigger. Sure, sure, sure. Good. I mean, very happy to see your story there. Uh, And also now as you like kind of look for bigger deals and bring on more investors and things like that, how are you handling the marketing and, uh, you know, sort of like, uh, building your base to attract more people and things like that? What, What would you say to some of that? Well, I would say, um, one, I would say, you know, start with the network that you already have. Sure. Um, so my partner and I, like I said, we, we worked on the corporate side. So we have a network from, from that. Um, and, and it was a, it was a startup company. A lot of people working that work really hard and make mm-hmm. really good money. They would not have any time to invest on their own. So sure. we've got some people in that network already mm-hmm. interested family and friends. And then the network grows from there. So I would say start there. I would also say social media is very powerful. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not, 
into social media at all personally. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a Facebook page. Um, I, I really wasn't doing anything on LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. I still don't have Twitter or Instagram, but mm -hmm. I've seen just putting my um, my stuff and, and, and talking to people and putting myself out there and, and uh, networking and, and um, marketing on just Facebook and LinkedIn. I've, I've seen the power of that and just sure. so many eyes getting to see that. So we've definitely done that. I have started my own podcast um, nice. and I just post that places and it kind of gives you, you know, some, some credibility uh, sure. of people in your network. Um, and then, yeah, we're just growing it from there. We're, you know, meeting more people, bigger pockets is a great place to network. So, you know, I, I you know, meet people on there and, and kind of tell them what we're doing and um, yeah, just kind of keep spreading it organically like that. Awesome. Awesome. And now your company threefold uh, real estate investing, right? Uh, yes. Can you maybe uh, give us like the central pillars of, you know, what they stand for and you know, how you, what is your outlook towards looking at all of this? Yeah. So my wife and I came up with threefold real estate investing together. Um, and, and, and that refers to a, a verse in Ecclesiastes that talks about one man uh, can easily fall two will stand stronger, but a threefold cord is not easily broken. So a threefold cord and our threefold you know, logo uh, stands for us partnering with our investors. Hmm. Uh, but then also we feel that we are partnering with God and, and following God's plan for our life um, hmm. and, and seeking his guidance and his wisdom. And what that means to us is just having an eternal outlook um, yeah. on investing and understanding that there are more important things than sure. having success in business and making more money. Although that is our goal for us and our investors, sure. we, we do want to have, have an eye toward, um, you know, just, just the bigger things in life. And, and for us, and we hope for our investors, uh, that would mean that we are still focusing on our faith and on our family. Sure. Um, and, and what I try to do on my uh, threefold real estate investing podcast is talk to people about why I think people should get into the investing in real mm -hmm. estate, specifically multifamily real estate. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not just to build your wealth, although that that's definitely, I think people should try to do that, Christian or not. I think you should sure. try to build your wealth, but also don't lose sight of the fact that, you know, really it's about gaining more freedom, more uh, financial independence and time freedom mm -hmm. so that you can pursue, you know, some of the things that really matter in your life, like your faith and your family. So um, that's what we hope our business does and helps our investors do. We hope we do that for our residents. Um, giving them a, be a better life by cleaning up the property. We put a lot into our properties to turn them around. Uh, but we hope that we do that as a company and, and individually as well with our faith. Sure, sure. And I totally agree with you. The ethics, the values matter a, lot, a whole lot. And in this game, it is a people business. So as you start helping more and more people and, you know, do greater things, your integrity, how you perform, what you say and what you do kind of comes back in full circle. And you certainly realize that, you are tested to the core in terms of, you know, what your values are, what your ethics are, how you are standing out and, you know, how, how you are sort of collaborating with others and things like that. And, and goes right back to what you said that, you know, you kind of get measured on, hey, are you doing the right things? Are you saying and doing the oh, things that you said you will do? And that's where all of your integrity and values come into play. And, and I have seen that the more you do it, the more business you do correctly, my God, you will open so many doors, whether it's lenders, it's investors, whether it's contractors or tenants looking up to you saying that, hey, my landlord does the right thing, or perhaps even property managers will start to, you know, like to network with you and say that, hey, this is a guy we'll love and he's easy to talk to, easy to work with and things like that. And I, and I have found this to be very true over decades now. So uh, it's, it's a great pleasure to, um, you know, 
know, get to know you, Lee. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, kindly mm-hmm. share with the listeners how they can find you and learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Sakar. It's been a real pleasure talking with you as well. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they can find me. Uh, our, our website is threefoldrei.com. Um, you, you can uh, please feel free to email us at info at threefoldrei.com. Um, so those are probably the best way, you know, we're, we're on, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn. Like I mentioned, you can look up threefold real estate investing, uh, but yeah, reach out to us, um, email us, uh, you know, you can call me, uh, personally at 937-407-0238. Uh, that's my cell. I, you know, uh, love to talk to anybody that's interested in just learning more, or maybe you want to team up with us. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Thank you, Lee. I greatly appreciate it. And for viewers and listeners, thank you for listening to the inspiring story of Lee. And you can log on to premiumcashflow.com. We always have articles and stats uh, that are latest. Plus, we have great guests uh, like Lee always on our podcast. If you're interested in any of the investments or any of the projects, or perhaps you just want to know how this works, uh, kindly register yourself and we can jump on a short phone call and talk about different things and how we can help each other and uh, see how, uh, you know, if there may be an energy, we could bring you on some partnerships or in some projects as well. So thank you, Lee. It's been a pleasure knowing you and I wish to uh, wish you luck and uh, look forward to, you know, chatting with you on some bigger and greater things as well. So thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Sakar. Take care. Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest. Mm-hmm.